Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. So welcome to episode 39 of Let's Talk Loyalty. And uh, listeners will be delighted to know I'm going back to what I believe is one of the most exciting loyalty markets in the world. Um, so again, having a discussion today about a UK-based loyalty program and with a company which describes itself as Europe's leading entertainment company, which is the Sky Group. And today I am talking to Rob Chandler, who is head of customer loyalty at Sky. And he's joining me, like everybody is doing, uh, from home uh, during lockdown. And Rob is doing extraordinary work with the Sky VIP program, which I'm super excited to learn all about. So before we get into the discussion, I would first of all like to welcome Rob Chandler to Let's Talk Loyalty. Hi, Paula. Thank you so much for having me with you. Great, great, great. And so first and foremost, Rob, uh, how are things in the UK? I know Sky is having a, an extremely busy time with uh, a lot of product changes at the moment. So are, are you coping okay? Yeah, I think uh, much like anyone in lockdown, um, I'm very, very lucky. I've, I've got a pretty, uh, pretty beautiful place to work in. Um, but I'm having all of those same challenges everyone else is, you know, how to get, uh, how to deal with Skype and yes. uh, and uh, Zoom and <laughs> teams and all the different ways of contacting each other and yeah. uh, dealing with good things and difficult conversations through screens, all of that stuff. Uh, right. We're all having uh, all having that time, but it's uh, it's a crazy but very interesting time for us all, I think. Absolutely. And I know we talked off air, Rob, about how fantastically well Sky has dealt with uh, COVID-19 and particularly taking care of you guys. Um, so I think that that's, that's fantastic. And I know that's coming through in your loyalty as well. Uh, before we get into talking about Sky VIP, I'd love to just uh, ask you my you know, standard opening question, um, literally about loyalty um, and what it is that you find, I suppose, most interesting in terms of a loyalty statistic. Um, yeah, you sent me that question in advance and I was really <laughs> racking my brains. Um, I'm super passionate about the broader spectrum of loyalty and what makes us loyal to anything, uh, not just to organizations, but actually why are we loyal to our friends? Yes. Uh, how deep does loyalty go? And I suppose that's the thing that really drives me and makes uh, the world very interesting to me. Yeah. Um, from a perspective of loyalty programs, I guess the, the biggest statistic or the most interesting statistic I find is that 73% uh, of customers believe that a loyalty program should be about brands being loyal to them. And 66% of marketers believe exactly the reverse. And I think that is one of the biggest challenges <laughs> uh, to us in, in our industry and in our, in our world, really. Wow. It's it's a brilliant one, Rob. And actually, I think it's one I'm going to have to memorize and make sure I take it into a lot more board meetings, in fact, um, because you're right. I think so many times, particularly, I get uh, brought into conversations, you know, brands are thinking about having a loyalty program in order to change their customers' behavior. And, you know, it doesn't always have that level of integrity around how can we be loyal to our customers, which is clearly what you're doing in Sky. So um, I'm super excited to hear about the VR. IP program. But before we get into the program itself, Rob, tell me about your own kind of career background. I don't think you're in loyalty before your Sky days. Am I right? 
Um, well, I have been uh, all the way through, but in a, in a mongrel strategist kind of a context. <laughs> okay. um, so I came into, I'm sorry, it's quite windy and I'm in the garden. So apologies for getting some sound. Uh, Delightful. Back. Love it. I'm in the wardrobe, as I said to you. So you know what? <laughs> Lockdown days. <laughs> so my background is as a bit of a mongrel strategist. I actually started my career at Direct Response Magazine. Uh, that was one of the founding magazines of the industry. This was back in the... Uh, early 90s Um, and I was at a time when it was becoming very very exciting in terms of our ability to start to uh, target individual customers I think there was a great book called All Customers Aren't Created Equal uh, that was coming out at that time uh, and a lot of the data providers were starting to interrogate this idea of talking to customers on a one-to-one basis Mm. uh, and what motivates us and I guess I've then gone from that environment into uh, communications agencies I started Mm -hmm. off in media data Mm -hmm. buying Uh, then moved into CRM and segmentation. I then moved into big advertising agencies doing similar work. Um, but all of it in terms of de- developing deeper relationships with customers and how to use data in order to drive that. Okay. Um, I then moved to Australia. Uh, I did a similar thing in, in Australia for a number of agencies and had a, a lot of fabulous success there. I was very lucky. Wow. I was working on brands, everything from Commonwealth Bank, the biggest uh, bank in Australia, 11 yeah. figures in the world, uh, wow. to some of the biggest beer brands uh, in the world. So uh, <laughs> probably the most extreme thing I've done for loyalty so far in my career is uh, buy an island off the Barrier Reef. What? Uh, exclusively for Forex drinkers. Oh my goodness. Uh, at, at the other end of the spectrum, working with the likes of Qantas, uh, Virgin Atlantic on, on very traditional loyalty yeah. uh, points-based programs. So uh, okay. a bit of an eclectic mix. I then okay. came back to the UK and yeah, and now it's Sky. It's been fabulous. That's incredible. And a couple of things that I noticed, I saw on your LinkedIn profile, and we'll obviously link to that, Rob, um, lots of awards that um, you and the companies you worked for won. I think particularly in your days in Australia and um, if buying an island is the, the prerequisite for, for award-winning strategy, I mean, you know, who am I to argue? So that's incredible. And I think actually a lot of, mar- uh, sorry, loyalty people do share that love of direct response actually. Um, and I think it's a very good background because it is about, it, at the end of the day, incentivizing preferred behaviors and using the right data. So, um, so a very strong loyalty background, even if it wasn't labeled as such. Um, at the time. And I know you also were um, an independent marketing consultant before Sky. So what tempted you to go back to uh, to corporate? <laughs> the dark side, it was, well, it is the dark side in my, it's my really, mind. <laughs> it's really interesting. And, and as I say, I'm a bit of a mongrel. So I love grabbing uh, new thinking, new ideas from different spaces. Okay. Setting up as an independent was definitely right for me at the time. Mm. Um, but the truth is I found it very lonely. Um, Interesting. I, yes. I spark off others. Yeah. Uh, my thinking's ignited by uh, bouncing off other people, um, and doing that when you're just on your own. Yeah. Although I had some great clients, and Virgin Atlantic was what was one of those. Okay. Um, it's just that sense of of needing to be close to a team. Um, so okay. I actually started with Accenture for a period of time, and that's mm-hmm. how I met Sky and started working with with them, both on the implementation of the Adobe platform. Uh, but also I was asked to do a whole load of work around the development of the loyalty program at that time. Uh, And then an opportunity came up and and they asked, I'd never been client side. Mm. I've always told people what the best (laughs) thing is to do. Yes. I now realize just how hard it is to do the right thing. You're 
absolutely and right. A very different world. <laughs> so very yeah, exciting one. It, it totally is. And and Sky is a company actually I really admire, Rob. I've I've you know a lot of friends in Ireland uh, working in Sky as well. So um, it's a hugely impressive company. And even actually when I was doing my research, going you know to to prepare for today, some of the numbers that impressed me. I know uh, the the company is in five European countries, um, 22 and a half million customers and uh, 12.9 billion pounds in revenue. So just particularly, I suppose, for listeners, maybe I have a lot of listeners say in the US, for example, mightn't appreciate just how big the Sky brand is. Um, I think it's fabulous to see. And also actually that it goes back. It was founded in 1990, so 29 years ago. So well done, Sky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. We're now part of Comcast as well. So for the US listeners, okay. uh, we're very much aligned with the Comcast group and NBC Universal and such like. Gotcha. Gotcha. Great stuff. And I know particularly as well, there's massive investment in um, exclusive rights to things like the Premier League, um, lots of the, the Hollywood titles uh, when they get to the UK come to Sky first and foremost. So to me, I suppose I was sitting there thinking this is a very brave company, uh, both in terms of just the level of investment and, and I guess just visionary as well in terms of the kind of content that you guys um, have, have bought the rights to. So um, I'd love to explore, you know, where did loyalty come from um, from a Sky perspective? You know, what was the, the business driver? Um, was it purely the amount of competition? Obviously, the UK is supremely competitive, but tell us about um, where did the concept come to, to actually create a loyalty program? Okay, uh, that's a really good question. Um, I think the point of transition for Sky was really back in about 2016. Mm. Um, a huge amount of analysis had been done that was looking at the success of retaining customers. Um, and for those that didn't know Sky back then, we were becoming quite known as a business that was trading quite heavily. Mm. Um, and we were focusing on very much achieving a uh, large customer number, uh, mm-hmm. if you like. Now, what we saw, the impact of some of those trading decisions that were absolutely right at the time, mm. but the impact on those, of those decisions on the customer base was that we were seeing a softening Mm -hmm. Uh, in terms of customers that have been with us for a long time, in fact, eight plus years, uh, were starting to become less stable. Um, Now, that was due to a number of factors. It was due to the external factors, uh, clearly a lot more competition from over the top Mm. Uh, operations and the Netflix and such like of the world. Mm. Um, that was definitely having an impact at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just in terms of uh, where we were at, we pretty much taught our customers to, to game us in terms of uh, wow. our offers and our pricing and such like. Yes. Um, so with this softening, we saw that among the top five reasons for people leaving was very much the case of um, it was down to the sense that they weren't being recognized. So it was actually being called out by customers that were leaving us. Okay. Um, we'd already launched a program in Italy uh, okay. that had been incredibly successful, which mm-hmm. is called Extra in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we so we had a framework and a success level from that. Um, and the business was very much making the transition from looking at gross customer numbers to uh, customer lifetime value mm. uh, and uh, in a mature market, making sure that we were looking after customers in, in the longer term. Mm. Um, the, the prerequisite for all of this was a massively uh, ambitious and brave decision from Sky, which was really to make sure that all current customers on a subscription organization could get exactly the same deals as new customers. Wow. Now, if you look at all subscription customers or uh, businesses around the world, yes. that was a huge decision. 
Yes, it um, is. And marked real, really a step change uh, yeah. from of the organisation that, that our focus would be fundamentally different moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I guess the loyalty programme then became, right, what can we do on top and how can we address this issue of not recognising customers? Mm. So our platform, I guess, became... Um, very much driven by uh, that statistic I quoted to you. You know, the seventy-three percent of customers think that loyalty programs should be about businesses yeah. and brands demonstrating their loyalty towards the customer, mm. um, and that really, really uh, stuck with us and sticks with us very much today. How can we recognise and look after customers in a, in a more uh, significant way, uh, okay. and definitely bring them more emotionally connected to the brand? I love that, actually, because it, there's a real clear vision there. Um, you know, there's a, a very definite why. You know, I think um, there must have been an awful lot of soul searching done, first of all, to get that trading decision, as you said. Um, and as you know, I mean, um, certainly from my um, life in Ireland, you know, you're absolutely right. We, we learned how to, um, you know, follow the, the systems and the um, the opportunities to, uh, to threaten to leave um, big companies like Sky in order to try and get better deals. And that's just the way the business had been structured. And I think fundamentally that time has come and gone. So you're absolutely right. Um, but to actually say and commit to uh, to not doing that is a, a real example of thought leadership. So I'm um, so super impressed with that. Yeah, and that was very much what attracted me towards Sky. I think that those decisions, I'd love to say I was a part of them. They weren't. They were made before my time and they were made at a very, very senior level from CEO downwards. Wow. Um, and I think that, that commitment really said that this is an organization that has reached a level of maturity with its customer base that, mm-hmm. that really now sees that, that, that development and that growth and mm-hmm. that connection with customers being absolutely core to, to everything it does. Absolutely. Um, and that's really, really exciting. And now we're just on the journey of change, if you like, the hard work, that attitude shift from the top is, is really what drives change. Brilliant. Um, and, and that's what's so impressive, I suppose, or what I find so impressive about the organization. Absolutely. And it's very clear on your website as well, Rob. So I'll ask you maybe to talk us through the um, the program mechanics and the value proposition now in a minute. But um, I love the fact that it says the longer you stay, the better it gets. So clearly um, launched as the first um, tenure based program, I know, back in 2017. Um, and even now it's based on that exact premise of the longer you stay, the better it gets. So so tell us exactly what is it you do for, for your program members and the tiers and tell us exactly how it's structured. Absolutely. So we structure ourselves into to four tiers, which are purely based on tenure. Mm-hmm. Um, the design of the program is all about thanking customers uh, for the time that they've been with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so within that, you're not finding us trying to, in, in terms of our loyalty structure, we're not trying to incentivize the next step. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not rewarding people for spending more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually purely rewarding them for the, for the time they've been with us and structuring the program in that fashion. Wow. Um, so for customers that are new to the program, it does start from the minute you sign up uh, and join Sky. Um, for those customers, uh, first of all, they get a free gift of a, a buy and keep uh, movie uh, on us. Nice. Um, which is a nice starting point. Mm. And then opportunity to get to one of millions of experiences that we actually deliver for our customers uh, in any given year. So the, the premise being that we want to get closer to customers closer to the things that they really love Mm. Um, and within our world we're gifted in the fact that we have access to some incredible things (laughs) that that 
all yes. of us uh, would find incredible. And actually, you can become a bit oblivious to within Sky. But, you know, the <laughs> opportunity to meet Tom Cruise, to meet Anthony Joshua, to meet Will Smith, to... Wow. Uh, attend a football match to see a preview cinema screening to walk the red carpet to drive a Ferrari to uh, spend time down at Le Mans to go to the Formula One all of these things are absolutely incredible and we we have access to these things so the premise I guess from the outset is getting those customers closer to the things that they love Mm -hmm. Um, and we reward over a million customers a year uh, in terms of the number of experiences we actually deliver. Mm-hmm. Um, as you go through the tenure bands, uh, so we start at silver, we don't do bronze, we start at silver, mm-hmm. we move to gold, we move to platinum and then to diamond. Um, essentially what we've done is we've broken the reward types out based on um, a lot of analytics and research of what customers really are looking for. So those customers that have been with us for the longest periods of time, their points of dissatisfaction are, why can't I get to the queue? quicker Mm -hmm. or get through the queue when I need you quicker. Uh, Why can't I upgrade to the best possible product um, from Sky um, and get to the front of the queue for that as well? Um, So a lot of those uh, aspects in the higher tenure bands are about service. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the mid tenure bands where customers are looking at exploring other services from us, if they've come and bought their TV from us, then they're actually interested in broadband. Mm -hmm. Then how do we ensure that they get the best possible deal on that? and ensure that you know we're looking after them. So any way of upgrading their service, they mm-hmm. should always get a really good deal on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not just about the deal they get, it's the way that that's serviced as well and how we look after our customers and prioritize those over, over others. So mm-hmm. that's really the structure. Um, mm-hmm. It's quite simplistic, mm-hmm. um, but that's kind of its beauty. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the challenges to us will be, yeah. as we evolve, we're only two and a half years old now, but as we evolve as a program, how do we ensure that yeah. um, we keep that simplicity of messaging it's all about thanks. It's all about the length of time people have been with us. Yeah, absolutely. And I find it fascinating um, that particularly in the UK, it does seem that there are fewer and fewer points-based programs. So certainly ones that are launched in the last three or four years that I've talked to just in the last few weeks, um, it is much less about points and it is much more about um, simplicity, as you've already pointed out for the program, and you know, just giving th- uh, things back to people. So um, I think there's a lot to be learned um, for for other countries about that. I think it's really interesting, the points uh, program and where things are evolving. I I actually love a points-based program, Mm. depending on what it is you're trying to do for your customers. Now, for Mm. us, um, there are two things. We we call it the value equation or the loyalty equation. So essentially, loyalty equals Mm -hmm. the value for money you get from a brand Mm -hmm. plus or multiplied by the sense of feeling valued. Okay divided by the overall price. So if you like value for money multiplied by feeling valued, you've got to sense you're getting value for money. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it doesn't matter how valued you feel. Mm -hmm. If you don't feel you're getting value for money, it doesn't make any effect on you. Mm. And that value equation of what your sense of of, of value for money is, is always about how much you're willing to pay for something. Mm. So if you like, loyalty programs that are based on points, I think, are very, very good at increasing the perception of value for money. Mm -hmm. So it's a different way of serving a discount to a customer. It's a different Mm. framework of doing it. Mm -hmm. But all the time, that has almost become a a quite a transactional relationship between the brand and the customer Mm. um, that says, look, I get it. I'm going to spend money with you, but you're going to give me a bit back. And that makes me feel better. And I can get access to things via that route. It's great. Yeah. For us, our problem wasn't about value for money. 
Yeah. Um, actually, Sky, uh, we're very in the very very lucky position of you know people love the tech, mm. they love the kit, mm. they they feel that the on screen experience is the best in the marketplace in in the broadest sense. Mm-hmm. The content is fantastic. You can't access that much content yeah. uh, through any other platform. So that sense of value for money. Yeah. was always there. The okay. issue that we had is whether or not emotionally they felt like we really cared about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do, but we mm. just weren't expressing it. We were so busy doing the right thing in developing mm. the products that mm. we weren't necessarily doing a lot of the softer stuff around the sides yeah. or yeah. letting customers feel that. And that's why I suppose the program became about that recognition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why our focus really became about how do we help develop that deeper Mm. Uh, more emotional connection and let them see the emotional side of us as, a, as an organization, which Sky is incredible in its way of being. Um, it's so innovative, it's mm. creative, it's passionate, mm. um, it's fun, it's a little bit eccentric at times. <laughs> you know, it's it's fantastic, but we're not necessarily known for that from our customers. We're known for yeah. being very good, fast, quick, you know, yeah, functional, you know, very, very yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those things, those those getting to see beneath the bonnet a little bit is really what we're yeah. what we're about within the program. Brilliant, yeah. And I've made the point many times, Rob, and I'm, I'm glad to hear it coming through from you as well. Just the importance of overtly saying thank you. Um, it might be implied in the investment in Premiership League or implied in any other way, but actually it has to be more than implied. It has to be um, explicitly expressed. So um, so that's fantastic. And the other piece I love, Rob, is the, um, the differentiation of service and speed of service for higher tiers. Um, long before I worked in loyalty. In fact, I worked in British Airways and I'm going to say it was probably back in the year 1999 or something. But I specifically remember, again, it was it was one of the top two things I remember our executive club members saying that they really valued. The, so there was two things. They loved the, the, the gold cards that they had on the briefcase at the airport. So they felt like the VIP. Um, so there was a, a sense of prestige. The other thing was when they called the call centre, they wanted to skip the queue. Um, yeah. And to be told, okay, yeah, you're going to be get service straight away. Um, There's not many other brands that I have seen focus on that as a loyalty benefit. So I was super impressed to see that uh, that Sky's doing that as well. We can do a lot, lot more on it. And I I think it's it's so good that you touched on those points. There's a fantastic book by a guy called Gabe Zickerman, uh, who's a US guy, uh, which is called The Gamification of Loyalty, I think. It's quite old now. Mm. But he comes out with a model which he calls SAPS, S-A-P-S. Okay. And what he was saying was... Essentially, S is for status. Okay. Uh, A is for access. Yeah. P is for power, and S is for stuff. Now, what stuff. he was saying in his book, <laughs> yeah, his book is that essentially stuff costs us all a lot of money, right? Giving stuff away costs yeah. us all a lot of money. Yeah. And is actually the least impactful on people's loyalty. It's actually the status recognition and access. Yeah. Uh, points that are far more powerful and. Your point about uh, loyalty programs with airlines, you know, how yeah. many people do you see strutting through the airport with their baggage tag on that totally. says gold tier? You know, it's, yeah. they want to be recognized. They want yeah. that status recognition. And that's so important. Yeah. And, and it's important to us as people as well. You know, in our friendship groups, yeah. we want status recognition. There are friends on Facebook that we acknowledge through a like. Mm. There are friends that if we only liked their stuff on Facebook and never spoke to them and acknowledged <laughs> them and spent time with them, yeah. we lose them straight away. And we, yeah. we structure brands in a similar way. There are brands we want to be close to. Yeah. And there's brands that we hold at arm's length. There's brands that we dip in and out of. There's brands that we live with every single day. And I think we've yeah. got to recognize our place in that. 
um, and then make sure that we're adapting our relationship appropriately. So that Mm -hmm. access to things that other people can't get hold of is Mm -hmm. the airline lounge, right? Mm -hmm. And and Mm -hmm. what can we do to give people access to things that no one else can? It makes them feel cared for. It makes them feel like they're important. Um, and then the third one, I guess, is the power, the power to influence the brand mm. that you feel passionately about. And that's a really key one that I think is really hard. All the, the top three are hard to do, but generally lower cost. Absolutely. Um, the, uh, the last one is easier to do, but higher cost. And generally in businesses, we've got more money than we have time mm. and energy to, to mm. be functional in our change. And that's, that's yeah. one of the critical pieces for us. Love it. Love it. And I'll make sure to dig out that book. Actually, I hadn't heard it before, Rob. So it uh, sounds like one it's I need to one, read. It's an old one, but it's a good piece. It's, it's, it's quite good. It's a bit like the old Peppers and Rogers, the ones uh, around here. You know, it's kind of like one of those foundation pieces. It's good. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And part of my intention for the show, actually, if any of the authors are listening, is to get them on the show um, because it's genuinely they're the thought leaders, you know. So so we're here as practitioners, but there's a lot of people have sat down and uh, I do have an author coming up in a couple of weeks. But thank you for that extra one. And I'll make sure again that the show notes link to, to that particular book. Um, the next thing I wanted to ask you about, Rob, given all of the, the amazing stuff, I can see all the thinking that's going into um, the VIP program. How do you measure your success for the program? What kind of KPIs are you looking at? Um, so our critical KPI in the business one is, is our impact on churn. Um, okay. So that's the uh, commercial yeah. commercial case. And with the subscription model, that's got to be our number one yeah. Uh, KPI. Yeah. Um, essentially, what we've done is a huge amount of work. So, if we're a program that's really about uh, working with the emotions and how do we develop deeper emotional connection, mm. the, the next step for us was really connecting those metrics mm. uh, to emotion, which is really hard. So, it's almost looking at a hybrid, I guess, of the traditional metrics of loyalty, some quite hard business ones, mm. into sort of the brand metrics uh, and emotional metrics, if you like. Okay. Um, so we have a, a metric called ITS, which is intention to stay, it operates in a similar way to uh, something like an NPS score okay. uh, as an overall score. That yeah. metric we can connect back to uh, recognizes loyalty and how much recognizing loyalty contributes towards that overall intention to stay. Mm. Recognizing loyalty, we can then link back program satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And our program satisfaction, we can link back to uh, a number of metrics that we look at, which involves uh, you know people connecting in with the program overall, their customer experience of the program, mm. what we offer in terms of the overall proposition, mm. the marketing and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, we've then got a new set of metrics that is also a halo, if you like. So doing amazing things for your customers. Uh, it's interesting. I often relate it. It's a bit like uh, our attraction to brands is a bit like our attraction to people. Um, if you walked into a bar and at one end of the bar, you see someone that is super hot, stood alone, mm. nose in their mobile phone, mm. right? you're very much less likely to walk up to that person than you are towards someone that's holding court with a group of people having fun. Yeah. You know, everyone's looking, smiling, engaged, connected. Now, they might yeah. be far less hot, but that conversation looks far <laughs> more fun. Yeah. Um, and what we're finding is that um, by recognizing and looking after our customers, it also makes us more attractive as a brand yeah. uh, overall. So we're actually seeing quite a lot of benefit uh, in the brands. And I think um, O2 Priority is probably the one program that has done this incredibly. I think there was a point when I was looking at research on this quite a few years back now, yeah. there was a point that 
that O2 Priority work, was working far harder as an attractor for the brand for new customers yeah. uh, than it ever was uh, for retaining customers. Wow. And this is the new world of loyalty. If you just look at it as the pure focused metric of one thing, you're missing yeah. out on so many other things that you can start yeah. to engage your customers on. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. That That's incredible to see. Um, a lot of listeners will know I worked on O2 Priority in the Irish market uh, for about seven years, but always on the agency side. So um, I didn't get to see the internal uh, business casing and all of those amazing insights that you've just um, picked up there. So very interesting to see something that is experience-led becoming an acquisition uh, tool. So that that's super interesting. I think it's about everything that a brand does that makes a brand more attractive mm -hmm. and how you look after the people, you know, your staff. And we're going to see a lot of this as a post-COVID-19. Yeah. How brands have looked after their staff will have a dramatic effect on their customers. Yeah. How, start, how businesses look after their customers during this time will also have a dramatic effect. And I think yeah. Yeah. in all of your behaviors yeah. um, as an organization that really affects uh, how attractive how attractive the organization becomes. Absolutely, yes. And I do remember seeing some loyal research, which actually said the number one thing that drives brand loyalty is actually transparency and trust. Um, so it doesn't matter how many points or prizes or experiences you give them. So um, I, I think, yes, as we're all growing up and I think COVID is, is driving that, as you said, so so much for all of us. Um, and I'd love to hear actually, what are you doing, Rob, in terms of um, managing COVID for members of the VIP program for Sky? Um, so COVID is a real challenge for all of us, uh, I think. And one of the big debates uh, as we moved very quickly ahead of uh, lockdown was really what should we be doing within the program mm. uh, for our customers? Mm. And what should we be doing as a brand that mm. is at the forefront of everything mm. uh, in the UK, news, content uh, and everything else, so entertainment, home connectivity? Mm. Um, what should we be doing from a master brand perspective? Mm. And we very quickly made the decision uh, as an organization that Anything that we did to help individual customers cope with the current situation, by this I mean things like furlough yeah. um, or people losing their jobs or inability to pay, mm. right? All of that stuff needed to be really something that the brand did, yeah. um, not the loyalty program. And likewise, uh, yeah. a huge amount of effort went into the content that we brought to the TV. We actually mm -hmm. bought a huge amount of extra entertainment content, educational mm. content for kids, wow. um, health content. Mm. Um, we were very, very quick. In fact, the quickest to put um, a sport on hold rather than having to cancel your, your sport. As we lost sport from the TV, we very quickly changed our systems to enable people to hold their Brilliant. subscription to our sport offering. Brilliant. Um, which basically meant that they were things that, that, that the business had to do. Um, mm -hmm. And the business was incredible at its speed. They said, look, the number one focus is our yeah. people and the safety. The number two focus is that of our customers and, and ensuring yeah. they remain connected. Okay. Um, we then did a huge amount of prioritization within who could uh, get access. So making sure that, you know, people that were in the most vulnerable positions were being looked after the most if their broadband went down, mm. uh, for health workers, all of those sorts of things yeah. across the, the organization. Yeah. So there are things that maybe some loyalty programs would have done that we actively made the decision that's not the role of our loyalty program. Our loyalty program is about thanking customers, not helping them cope okay. uh, with the situation. Mm -hmm. um, within the loyalty program, uh, that was a challenge. Uh, I won't, I won't 
<laughs> I won't lie. Um, our program and our advertising campaign, which you may have seen, is 100% based on the experiences that we deliver for our customers. Of course. Um, within a week, we had to shut down about, uh, we were running about 37,000 customers a week wow. that were attending experiences with us. Holy Lord. Um, we had to shut down about uh, 150,000 customers from being able to attend those as we went into lockdown. Wow. Um, so our first uh, mission was how do you do, how do you cancel a whole load of things for people without yeah. without causing upset and and distress? Yeah. And we did that incredibly quickly. Wow. Um, the next thing was what can we do uh, with them, uh, yeah. and and how do we main sh- make sure that we maintain that fact of delivering these unique experiences, which is so core to our offering. Mm. Uh, and very quickly, we pivoted from doing real life experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, into doing virtual experiences. So the first thing we released uh, was uh, a Sky VIP at home proposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same day that the UK went into actual lockdown, we released a whole load of coloring in activities, puzzles, games, a whole Brilliant. load of stuff any of our customers could download yeah. there and then. It's free to everyone. They could access it. Yeah. Uh, they could share it with friends and family. Yeah. Um, something really nice, quite simple. Yeah. Um, we then evolved and, and actually we were working with Dynamo, the magician at the time, and we were just about to do a, a unique experience with him. And he was incredible mm. uh, and very quickly said, look, let's, let's all do this virtually. We can, we can do some tricks and, and, and have an audience. So we had about uh, 500 people that were actually going to go to this event. Yeah. Uh, and we actually managed to go back to, to more than that. We actually went back to the 20,000 people that entered the competition and said, look, we can now do this online. Wow. And Dynamo did an amazing uh, online experience for us. This is about two weeks into lockdown. So it's very early on. Um, (laughs) The team were incredible. My team are absolutely amazing. But to find a virtual platform that we could make work, to produce it, to direct it, to make sure it all connected up with people's uh, varying broadband capabilities was was incredible. But essentially, we created an interactive virtual experience. Uh, About a thousand customers actually attended it live and about 10,000 ultimately ended up uh, downloading it or watching back uh, the content. Dynamo did some great tricks. A couple of customers got to ask their own questions. Um, And this fundamentally became our model. So we we made a a very swift pivot into virtual experiences. Uh, And the wondrous thing is that uh, I suppose one of the benefits for us uh, right at the moment is uh, whilst we all can't get out, nor can talent. So a lot of them have got a little <laughs> bit more time on their hands. For sure. Um, to so be talented. Been, <laughs> absolutely. So so we've been very lucky in the fact, you know, the likes yeah. of Jamie Carragher yeah. uh, did a fantastic uh, session for our sports fans. Um, we had the cast of Brassic, which is, uh, for those that wouldn't know, it's a, it's a show, it's a Sky original show on um Okay. Uh, on, on, our, on our channels, uh, yeah. which was fantastic. So we've done these incredible experiences with uh, anything from some have been for 10 people, mm-hmm. some have been for thousands, mm-hmm. um, but giving people the real opportunity to, to engage with talent in such a unique way. And yeah. seeing in their houses is kind of unique, even that, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, sort of thing. So um, it's been wow. quite quite an experience. But yeah. for the team uh, that I work with, they've done an incredible job to, flip, one, flip the, the events around and produce yeah. those, but the marketing... Yeah. getting that news out to the customers uh, so so incredible 
My goodness, I can only imagine the logistics, Rob, of that. And when you said you're rewarding a million people a year at the start, I hadn't really, you know, absorbed that uh, the sheer scale of what you're doing in terms of physical events and managing a million people and and everything that goes around it. But but it's certainly what it sounds like is this could become part of your overall um, thank you experiences long term as a solution to to maybe even scale the amount of you know experiences you can give to your customers. Without doubt, adversity is is the mother of yeah. invention, isn't it? And yeah. uh, we found that we, with all of these experiences, uh, getting people, your reach geographically is always going to be challenging. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. if you've got talent that are flying in for 24 hours from the US, trying to get them to different parts of the country is, is impossible. Mm. Um, but through the virtual platform, without a doubt, we can reach a lot of the customers that traditionally we can't reach quite as easily. Yeah. Um, we do a lot of work to try and ensure our graphical uh, geographical representation across mm-hmm. the UK and, and Ireland. Mm. Um, but it's always a challenge. So, mm. um, yeah, I think yeah. I think virtual experiences will stay with us. Um, sure. And we've got quite a lot in the pipeline, I think, uh, yeah. uh, already, which is which is really, really exciting. Oh, my goodness. Sounds amazing. And yes, I think a lot of people probably have seen even this whole idea about who was responsible for your digital transformation. You know, the way people have been talking about it for so many years, but now it's actually it was COVID. You know, none of us can you say it was the CIO or the CEO. You know, we, we've had to pivot. So, uh, so that's amazing. Um, so I'm just coming up to the end of it now, Rob, conscious of... Um, We've, we've been through so much already. Um, the last couple of things I'd love to just ask you about is, you know, I suppose, what have you learned maybe um, being client side for the first time, as you said? Um, I'm sure you've learned an awful lot. Um, you know, I, I think you already acknowledge, first of all, how hard it is to get things done. But uh, what, what would you say to people listening, you know, running loyalty programs around the world? Like, what have you learned from, from your time with Sky? I guess uh, there's three key things that I've learned. Mm. Uh, one thing is that if I ever went consultancy side mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. Um, when it's your budget you're spending, it's a mm. very different thing. It's very <laughs> easy to be right and lecture a client on what they should be doing. It's very, very hard to make sure it happens. And I have a newfound respect <laughs> for it yeah. um, and, and for businesses making that decision. Yeah. Um, and getting people's buy. And I think, you know, I have so much respect for anybody working in, in the loyalty world or any organization. I think it's, it's, it's very uh, powerful. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing. I think the second thing is, is mistakes happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and mistakes are really good because you learn from them. And falling forwards is so, so important. Yeah. Um, we've made lots of expe- uh, mistakes uh, within the program. Not major mm. ones, thank God, but we have mm. had a, a few. Mm. Um, and you learn so much from that and you get it right the next time and everything gets better and better. So you've got to, you've got to make full, uh, mistakes in order to, to progress. Mm. Mm. Um, and then I guess the third thing is it's very easy to lose perspective. Mm. Um, as we hone down on our metrics or we create focus, it's very, very easy to lose sight of really what your overall agenda is. Mm. Um, I think what we often do is we start to focus on what we can measure rather than what's the right thing. Mm. Um, and for me, focusing on doing the right thing and then working out how to measure its impact mm. has been the success of the program. Mm. Um, we didn't know whether or not an emotional connection with the brand would drive the churn 
benefit mm. that we needed to drive right at the beginning. It took a lot of leaps of faith from a lot of people mm-hmm. and a commitment from the exec, mm. a huge commitment, which we're hugely thankful for, mm. uh, from the from the exec to hold true and wait to to see the answers. Mm. Um, and actually, you know, we proved out that 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 is mm. very very powerful. An emotional connection with a brand. Yeah. is very beneficial and it does deliver the shareholder value that you need it to. Yeah. Um, so staying committed, keeping people aligned mm. um, and keeping perspective, I think, uh, is is really critical for any of us, um, as we, especially as we traverse yeah. through some quite uncharted waters going forward, I think. Absolutely. my three big learnings. Well, there are three huge ones, I have to say, Rob. And again, just before, you know, we were coming on, I was looking at um, the latest, you know, news about Sky as a company. And what really was coming through for me, I guess, was a commitment to excellence. So I know there's been, what was it, 25 BAFTA nominations just announced for the content. So the core business is obviously doing extremely well. Um, But I can hear that same commitment to excellence coming through in terms of what you and your team are doing uh, to look after people with that whole integrity about driving and being loyal to your customers and uh, and finding a way to measure the uh, the emotional return um, and reduction and churn. So well done. I think you're doing amazing work, Rob. Um, that's all I, I really wanted to cover off on my side. Is there anything else you wanted to mention before we wrap up? No, I don't think so. Look, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I'm here just representing a group of people that are absolutely incredible. My team are amazing. Yeah. I think we've always said that the last thing we ever want to be is a, is a loyalty program stuffed on the side of a business, giving <laughs> everyone the excuse yeah. uh, to be- behave in the wrong way. And our yeah. whole model is 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 designed to change the way that, that the business thinks about its customers. And, and that success mm-hmm. is only made by having a fantastic mm-hmm. exec that buy into it, but also mm-hmm. uh, the 30 odd thousand and people that work with Sky to to wow. really want to do that and drive it through. And I think every yeah. single one of those people has contributed in some way to, towards VIP success so far. Yeah. Um, as I say, look, we're still only two and yeah. a half years young. Yeah. Um, we've still got a long way to go and, and lots of opportunities. So it's it's exciting times for us. Wonderful. Well, listen, Rob, um, as I said, it's been an extraordinary conversation. Um, huge amount of respect for what you've done. I can see there's a brilliant future ahead for the VIP program. So just want to say from Let's Talk Loyalty, thank you so much to Rob Chandler from Sky UK. Thank you so much. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer, the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news insights and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training, both online and in workshops around the world through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 150 executives in 18 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out www.thewisemarketeer.com and www.loyaltyacademy.org. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like me to send you the latest show each week, simply sign up for the show newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and I'll send you the latest episode to your inbox every Thursday. Or just head to your favorite podcast platform, find Let's Talk Loyalty and subscribe. Of course, I'd love your feedback and reviews. And thanks again for supporting the show.